guys have your Bibles with you this morning, I want to invite you to open them to Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7, we're going to look at verses 7 through 11 together this morning. In our 930 worship service, we had a baptism. Uh, Braden Welch made a profession of faith uh, some time ago, followed through this morning with believer's baptism. Uh, we know that you weren't here to witness it, so what we're going to do is next week, if you're at the 11 o'clock service, we're going to show you that baptism so that you can celebrate with uh, them and uh, with us as well this uh, next Sunday morning. We're all having to learn to do things a little bit differently these days, and so we're going to continue to make those changes as we have to in the weeks to come. But for today, today we're going to look at Matthew chapter 7, verses 7 through 11. It's one of those passages of Scripture that most of you are probably familiar. If you consider it, and as we read it in just a moment, it'll be one of those things that you've heard before. A reminder, we're, we're looking at Jesus' longest section of teachings in all of the gospel. It's called the Sermon on the Mount. Literally, Jesus' disciples were sitting on a hillside... And he stood and taught them concerning the world that they were about to enter. He was preparing them for the ministry that they were about to begin. Or as we have said it, he was preparing them to live as Christians in an unchristian world. We've seen Jesus lead us through these teachings from encouraging us to be salt and light in the world. He's taught us what it looks like to have kingdom eyes and not temporary eyes. He's taught us to love our enemies, to trust him, to not grow anxious, to rid our hearts of, of anger and lust, and also that we should be men and women of integrity. Jesus has given a lot of moral and ethical teachings as he has led us through this Sermon on the Mount. Today, he teaches us again about prayer. Jesus taught us all of those things one time, but it seems that prayer is really important for the disciples to learn and to grasp. This is now the third time Jesus teaches on prayer. First, he teaches us on how we ought to pray. We ought not pray as boastful men but we ought to pray in our closets, right, so God can hear our words. He gives us the content of our prayer as he taught us what we call the Lord's Prayer. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. We know that to be the Lord's Prayer. And now, again, Jesus is going to teach us about praying. It seems as if Jesus is trying to get a message across to those disciples. That if they are going to live as Christians in an unchristian world, it seems as if Jesus is saying to them, prayer will be a vital part of their success in living in the world. It's the message that we ought to take this morning as we hear Jesus teaching us now the third time concerning how we pray. Let's look together in Matthew chapter 7, beginning in verse 7. It says, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock, and it will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and the one who knocks, it will be open. Or which one of you, if, the son, if his son asks him for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him. Let's pray together. God, we ask this morning that you continue to walk with us, Lord, as you have in our service already. Lord, let your Holy Spirit speak to us, God, this morning through the reading of your word, the teaching of your word. God, let us be reminded this morning, God, that truly, Lord, even in our prayer lives, God, we need you, Lord. We need you to help us to pray 
We need you to know what to pray, God. We need you to help us with our faith. We need you, Lord, to help us believe, Lord, that you can, in fact, offer good gifts to those who persistently ask because they're belief. God, help us walk through this passage of Scripture this morning. And, Lord, as we get to a point that we ask ourselves some difficult and hard questions, Lord, I pray that your Holy Spirit would soften our hearts, Lord, to be able to to dig deep into our own selves this morning, to try to understand where those areas are that we need to be persistently asking for your help. So, Lord, walk with us through this passage. Let your Holy Spirit work in and among your people. Convict us, Lord. Draw us unto yourself. We pray and ask this in the name of Jesus, our Lord and Savior. Amen. Three times. Three times Jesus talks to us about how we ought to pray as his children. It seems as if Jesus is teaching us that as Christians in an unchristian world, this discipline of prayer needs to be front and center. It's necessary that we be a praying people. It's why as a church over the last several months since COVID hit, we've been trying our best to encourage you to read the word and to pray, to learn these two disciplines because we understand that these two disciplines are absolutely necessary for our maturity and our growth as disciples of Christ. Jesus knew this, so he teaches his disciples again in how to pray. Three things I want you to notice from Jesus' teachings here. They're not going to be anything new, nothing you haven't heard before, but let's be reminded today. First of all, there is a lesson on persistence. Listen to what Jesus says. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. Everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. And the one who knocks, it will be open. You hear in Jesus' teaching this understanding that there is going to be a persistent and a consistent expectation in the disciples' prayer life. Particularly this three-pronged idea of asking, seeking, and knocking. It is the idea of a constant and continual seeking the Lord for those things of which we have need. Jesus teaches us this in this Sermon on the Mount. Of course, Matthew is not the only gospel writer that records the gospel on the, the Sermon on the Mount. Luke does as well. So I want you to turn with me to Luke chapter 11 this morning because I want you to hear how Luke records this teaching of Jesus concerning the way that we pray. Now, the difference is, is that as Luke is recording it, he puts all of Jesus' teachings concerning prayer together. They're not conflicting with each other, not contradictory with each other. It's just simply the way they were recorded. So after Luke records Jesus' teaching on the Lord's Prayer in verses 1 through 4, he tells us this in verse 5. Listen, Luke 11, beginning in verse 5. Luke says, And he said to them, Which of you who has a friend will go to him at midnight and say to him, Friend, lend me three loaves, for a friend of mine has arrived on a journey, and I have nothing to set before him. And he will answer from within, Do not bother me. The door is now shut, and my children are with me in bed. I cannot get up and give you anything. I tell you, though he will not get up and give him anything, because he is his friend, listen, because he is his friend, yet because of impudence, or we might say, persistence because of persistence he will rise and give him whatever 
He needs. I tell you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened for you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and the one who knocks, it will be opened. Do you hear what Luke is saying? As he is including this parable-like story of Jesus, immediately for the same verse of Scripture that we read in Matthew chapter 7, what what Luke is reminding us here is that persistence in our prayer persistence in our prayer is an expectation of Jesus this is what this is what Luke records Jesus having said who would go to your friend and ask for a loaf of bread and even if he would not bother getting up and getting you that bread Jesus says if you persist long enough eventually he will get up and give you that which you need he says persist on but because of your persistence he will rise and he will give to you Now, we understand this, particularly as it becomes aware in our minds of a relationship between humans. We understand the horizontal understanding of someone being persistent. We may not use the word persistent, but we all know people that are worriers, that they will in particular worry you to death. Y'all know anybody like that? If you don't, it's probably you. You will worry people to death. We all know people who will worry you until eventually you will cave. Eventually you will fall to that which they are requesting of you. This is what Jesus is saying. It ought to be a part of our prayer lives. We ought to persist in our prayer lives. We ought not just ask, but we ought to ask and seek. And we ought not just ask and seek, but we ought to ask, we ought to seek, and we ought to knock. Not only do we have this parable-like story that Luke records from Jesus in Luke chapter 11, but Luke records another such story in Luke chapter 18. In Luke chapter 18, it's called the parable of the persistent widow. And it's the same message. It is this widow who is seeking justice for something in which she had been done wrong, but she persisted and persisted and persisted, and eventually she got her justice. Luke is helping us to see what Matthew records of Jesus and what Jesus wants us to know about our prayer lives. Listen, our prayer lives must be persistent. They should be consistently asking the Lord for those things that we need in our lives. Matthew is telling us this from Jesus' own words. But it's not only Matthew and Luke, it's not only the gospel writers, but you know that verse of Scripture that we quote quite often from the Apostle Paul himself. The shortest Scripture in all the Word is Jesus wept. The next shortest is one that we know well in our hearts as well. It is Paul telling those churches in Thessalonica that they must pray without ceasing. You see, it's because Paul understood as a disciple of Christ that there was an expectation from Jesus and a part of his very maturity as a follower of Jesus demanded that he be persistent in his praying, that he be consistent, he says, in his praying. You see, this is part of who we are as followers of Christ. We persistently go before our Father. We persistently go before him and ask him to do a work on our You see, the prayers for which Jesus is looking, he's looking for those who will consistently and persistently pray and ask God for those things that they need. And as I read this and understand Jesus' message to be persistent in our prayers, 
I, I think it immediately brings a question to my mind, and maybe it's done so for you as well. Why? Why does God desire for us to persistently pray? Is God not able to only hear our prayer once and to answer it appropriately? Is God not able to only hear the desires of our hearts once and, and respond to it as we desire for Him to respond? Our answer is obviously yes. God can answer just one prayer. God can answer just one desire of our heart. God is able to respond positively to one question or one request. Obviously, yes, He can. He can, but there is something that we need to note about what we're told in this Scripture. Though He can, in our persistence, this is the second point, in our persistence, there is a lesson on belief. For everyone who asks receives, the one who seeks finds, and the one who knocks it will be Open. You see, it seems that your persistence displays your level, level of belief in God's ability to answer those requests that you're making of Him. Look at what He says. Everyone who asks receives. Everyone who seeks finds. And the one who knocks, it will be opened. It seems to me that the fault in our needs is not in the giver, but in the faith of the one that is doing or not doing the asking, the seeking, and the knocking. Let's be reminded, we do not have, Scripture teaches us, because we do not ask. You see, our lack of persistence in our prayer lives, it's a symptom of a greater failure of faith and trust in the one that we are asking of. Yes, indeed, if our prayer lives are not persistent and constant, it is a reflection of our lack of trust of God's ability to see to the end that we desire for Him to accomplish. I have a quote I want you to read that I think is important for us to be reminded as we talk about the persistence of prayer in our lives. We do not live in a praying age, it says. We live in an age of hustle and bustle, of man's efforts and man's determination, of man's confidence in himself and in his own power to achieve things. An age of human organization and human machinery and human push and human scheming and human achievement, which in the things of God means no real achievement at all. What we need is not so much new organization, some new wheel, but the spirit of the living creature in the wheels that we already possess. You see, it seems that we do not have because we do not ask. And we do not ask because we do not believe that Jesus teaches us what Jesus teaches us about his desire for us to have good things from the Father. We are sure that any lack that we might have in our lives, both as individual and as a congregation, it is not the fault of our Lord. If we are without, if we are without, it is because of a lack of belief in our hearts. Scripture clearly teaches us that Jesus is able, that God is able. And if that truth, if that truth remains true even today, then the fault must lie in our lack of belief 
and our lack of asking him to give to us. Our lack in belief results in a lack of asking and seeking and knocking. And so we need to ask the Lord this morning very simply to help us believe. Help us believe, Lord, that you in fact are able to give to us all of these promises that you have made. Help us believe, Lord, that we can be a people without anxiety, that we can be a people without lust and anger in our hearts. Help us believe, God, that we can be a people that has kingdom eyes and not temporary eyes. Help our hearts believe, Lord, that we can have a prayer life like you desire, that we can be the salt and the light of the world. You see, help our hearts believe, Lord, so that we will persistently ask you, to do these things in our lives that you have told us is the expectation for those that follow you. We do not pray persistently because we have a fault in our belief or in our faith. There is no fault, be sure. There is no fault in our Lord himself. Which brings me to the last thing that I want you to see this morning. It's a lesson on God's character. A lesson on God's character. Listen to verse 9. Which one of you, if his son asks him for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father, who is in heaven, give good things to those who ask him? Jesus is reminding his disciples of what they should already know about the Lord. And he's reminding us of what we should already know about our Lord. And that is, our Lord is a good Father. He is a good Father. Jesus' lesson here, it is quite interesting in the way that the way that he words it, he asks if, if they know how to give good gifts. He says, hey, disciples, do you know how to give good gifts? When a child is hungry, what do you give them? Well, bread, of course. If a child asks you for a fish, what do you give them? Well, a fish, of course, not a serpent. He says, well, if you then know, if you know how to give good gifts, how much more does our Father know how to give good gifts? If you then know, Listen to what Jesus says. You who are evil. If you, you evil people, if you know how to give what is good, how much more does our good Father know how to give good gifts? Jesus' comment here about us being evil people, or those disciples sitting on that hillside being evil people, it's a picture, it's a reminder of us of what we already know about our nature, and that is that our nature is evil. Our nature is not good. Our nature is lost in sin, dead in our trespasses. Our nature is not like God. God is holy. He is without any sin and without any error. But us, those of us that have a sin nature, if we know how to give good gifts, how much more does the God who is holy and without any error, how much more does he know how to give good gifts? You see, God is not only holy, but God is also holy good. W-H-O-L-L-Y, good. He is holy good. Everything about him is good. That's why we know that every good and perfect gift comes from the Father, right? Because His character demands that His gifts to us be good. And 
you ask, well, what about those things that I've had to experience that are difficult? What about those things that I have had to experience that have caused me loss and have hurt me? What about those things? I would remind you of something else that Paul says, that God works all of those things, even the grief and the difficulty. He works all of those things out to the good for those that love him you see God's gifts to us even if they are difficult and troubling in moments they always work themselves out to good because God himself is good and his gifts demand that they be good God is good God is good and his character demands that his gifts to us be Good. And if you know this about the Lord, which I'm certain that you do, that He is, in fact, our good Father, if you know this about our God, then we know we can persistently ask of Him, believing that He will give to us those things that we need in our lives as Christians to live in the midst of an unchristian world. His good character will supply to us all of our needs as we struggle in this world what do you need if we're going to ask God persistently believing that he's good and he's going to always give us what is good then we must ask the question well what do we need what should we be asking God for well it is no accident this third time that Jesus teaches us about prayer that Matthew records it towards the end of the sermon on the mount you see, Jesus has asked of us already to be salt and be light, to preserve our culture and bring light in the midst of darkness in our world. He has taught us that we ought to have no anger in our hearts. It's the same thing as murder. He's told us that we should have no lust in our hearts. It's the same as adultery. He has told us that we should live with great integrity, that we should love our enemies, that we should not boast before men, that we should not be anxious, that we should not make bad judgments over people. What do you have need for? You see, we have need for everything Jesus has taught us in the Sermon on the Mount. If you're going to be successful living as a Christian in an unchristian world, it is only going to be because the good Father has helped you do so. We cannot meet this ethical and moral teaching that Jesus has given to us alone. We cannot meet these expectations by ourselves. If we're going to meet them, it's going to be because we are persistently, consistently praying and asking God to help us to accomplish the standard to which we have been called. If we are going to live as Christians in an unchristian world, we are going to need the help of our Father. It's the only way we will be able to accomplish the things that He expects from us. So consider for just a moment. What are those things that you need? This is how we apply this lesson into our own lives. We consider of all of the teachings that Jesus has offered to us in the Sermon on the Mount, what is the thing that you are struggling with the most? Is it anger? Is it lust? Is it loving your neighbor? Is it anxiety? Is it holding up for yourself treasures on earth when he's told us to have kingdom eyes? What is the thing that you need God to help you with? What is the moral and ethical teaching of Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount that you need His greatest help? You see, consider those things. Consider the need that you have. And as you consider the need that you have, you ask the Father for help. 
As simplistic as this sounds, it's just what Jesus has taught us. Ask, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find it. Knock, and the door will be opened. You do not have because you do not ask. Your persistence or lack thereof proves your faith or your lack thereof. Do you believe that God is able to do what the Word has promised to us that it will do? If so, we should be a persistently praying people. If so, if we believe we should be a persistently praying people asking God for help, consider your need and ask the Father. As we move to our song of worship at the end of our service today, I think it's important for us to spend a moment as we're singing, as we're standing, to spend a moment asking God, where is the place that I need the most help? And then asking God, seeking Him, knocking on the door that He will give you the provision that you need in this moment. We cannot accomplish all that is expected of us without the Father giving us the good gift. God, we love you, Lord. We thank you so much for loving us. We're grateful, God, that we have a Father who gives us good and perfect gifts. We're grateful, Lord, that you desire for us not only to be a praying people, but to be a persistently praying people. You desire not only to hear from us today on Sundays, but you want to hear from us as we pray constantly or consistently. Lord, if we doubt in our hearts that you actually can do what you've told us you can do, help our hearts believe. God, if we need help in any of these teachings that you've given to us in the Sermon on the Mount, Lord, help us. As we seek you, Lord, as we knock, as we ask of you, Lord, help us do that which you expect from us as your people, Lord. Help us, God. Lord, let us all look into our own hearts, see those areas that we have need, and Lord, let us ask you for those helps. We love you, Lord. We thank you so much for loving us. We pray and ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen.